Alexander Snicker, libertarian, Republican, and political hack, and Adrian Wiley, born-again anarchist and political husband. Banter, lather, and joke about current events while attempting to figure out whether to keep trying to salvage our constitutional republic or just stock up on marshmallows to roast on the smoldering embers of society. It's time for Unattended Baggage. Why, thank you, Ledge. Hello, everyone in Podcastville or Internet Land, wherever you may reside. This is Alex, co-host Unattended Baggage. Along with me is my radio life mate, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Adrian, status community outreach liaison of the Building Materials Projectile Stating and Logistics Committee of the West Central Florida Guild of Professional Anarchists, Local Chapter 151, Wiley. How are you doing, sir? You know, I wasn't prepared for how much that introduction was going to sting. <laughs> we just, took a vote. We wait, took a vote. I know we did. I know. I understand. I, I've been, you know, uh, impeached and censored and, <laughs> and demoted and all that stuff. But just hearing Adrian Wiley and then the next word is statist. Yes. That was painful. So we'll, 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 we'll have to see about recalibrating that vote or taking a look at it in the next 30 to 60 days. Uh, yeah. I, and then making a determination as to whether you have redeemed yourself by that point. I consider it kind of like a parole hearing type yeah, of thing. Well, it's why we haven't changed the Libertarian Republican political hat thing. <laughs> like, I got to wear that. I got to wear that. Right. Yeah. Gotta you got to wear, wear that, that for a while. It's like my scarlet letter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> true indeed. And you know what? I'm perfectly fine with wearing that scarlet letter. Are you? Yes. Okay. Well, that's that's good to know. I'm I'm not I'm I'm having a little more trouble than that with the with the word statist. Well, it's because know? it's the word statist. Yeah, though. it's just so harsh. It's that's so like, harsh. It's, it's like when you call somebody a statist. Yeah, you're like such a statist. Yeah, like you really are trying to insult them. Even right. though I think most people don't understand how deep the insult goes. I, it's it's kind of like the difference. Uh, like calling you a Republican is like calling a woman the B word. Yeah. Whereas calling me a statist is like calling a woman the C word. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's kind of you know what the 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 level that we're at there. It's funny is that you actually use the B word and the C word there? I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm afraid of women. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'll tell you what you're not afraid of, though. You're not afraid of computers. No, you're no, definitely I'm not. not afraid of computers. Yeah, I told you. You are the computer fucking whisperer, my friend. You know, it's, uh, well, what happened this morning is Alex's computer uh, wouldn't turn on. He's sitting there plugging it in, unplugging it, and, you know, it it jamming on the power button, holding it down, doing all kinds of stuff. I come over there and, and touch it for about five seconds and it comes on. You lifted it up. Yeah. Turned it up and down. Right. Set it back down. <laughs> and all of a sudden it was like, it was like the heavens parted and like, it was like, oh, oh, oh computer, you will now work. And then uh, 10 minutes later, your computer had a little froze. freeze up deal. Yeah. And I, 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 Adrian just gave it the stink eye. I gave, I got up, walked over there to look at it. And the moment that I like focused on the screen, it started working. Again, yes. You know, it totally happened. And, all of that happened. Well, and, and again, this happens to me all the time. I've come to believe that this is a real phenomenon and it's not just me. I think all people have, I've actually given it a term. I've, I call it computer karma. Yeah. And there is a, I really think, and I don't know if I invented that, but you know, I might've picked it up somewhere else, but uh, there is, it, it is a phenomenon and I'm not even joking. As someone who's been in the IT field for 30 years, I can tell you there are certain people that will have good computer karma and everything will just work. I, I guess in the past life, they were kind to machines or something, maybe, <laughs> you know, but, and other people will through not necessarily any fault of their own. It's not like they're doing anything wrong or just, it just, uh, electronic things do not work well for them. Yes. And yes. I, I actually believe that there could be some, you know, bioelectric, electromagnetic field that people generate that, you know, just might be either harmonious or disruptive. Who knows? Well, yeah, because so. remember Dana, Dana couldn't run a computer to save her life. Yeah, but you think that was uh, just... Uh, you know, no, I think human that was, error. No, you no, think I, that was bioelectric field. Well, here's the thing: I definitely think there was a little human error involved, but there wasn't as much human error involved. I think all electronics did not work with Dana. Yeah, Dana Moxley Cummings, by the way. So, yeah, yeah. In case you didn't know who that yeah, was, yeah, love Dana, former chair of the Libertarian Party of Florida. True, indeed. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think she could also be her own worst enemy in some cases. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, she would freely admit to that as well. Yeah, but yeah. but some of it is that it is just it's, computers it's, don't it's, work. It's a her. real phenomenon. It's a real thing, and I I, I bet people out. Right now, people listening to this are going, oh, yeah, you know. Well, except for the ones with the computer things because there's. Well, that's those are the main their people. Their podcast isn't working. <laughs> yeah, it cut out like three yeah. minutes ago. Yeah, it cut out for this segment because they don't because, you know, karma doesn't want you to realize what the problem is. Right. Admitting it is the first stage to recovery. Well, the solution is if you do have these type of problems with computers, wrap your body in, in aluminum foil. 
Oh, yeah. And that will block the electromagnetic field. You got to make sure you wrap your fingers and hands too very well before you touch a mouse or type on a keyboard or, you know, handle an electronic device, anything like that. But if you do wrap your entire body head to toe in aluminum foil, it should solve the problem. All right. So you have, highly recommend it. Here's the thing you have done two things just now. Right. One, you have picked the cover of this week's podcast. Oh, I have, haven't I? You just did it just now. <laughs> and also, we have to have a title that goes along with that. Uh, well, we'll see what happens. You know, we, we never figure out the title before the show starts. I know, but that, like, that was to, such no, a, the, it, the visual there was so good that I really got to well, have, I'm just hoping I can find something that we're, actually fits we're, we're that. We're barely five minutes in, man. I mean, I'm sure we'll find uh, something better than that along but the I'm way. I'm sure there's a lot of stuff going on. There's so, a lot of stuff going so, uh, on. So, what's going on in your world? Oh, gosh. So, um, so I had to start staying at my mom's house uh, two nights ago. Because Danielle was Your mom the stoner? <laughs> no, not my mom the stoner. Okay. Um, so I had to stay at my mom's house because Danielle was exposed to the coronavirus. And so Danielle is at the house all by herself right now with the dogs, actually cleaning the entire house because now that everybody's gone, she's just going to clean everything in the house. And But she's got the Rona right now. She has mild symptoms right now. Right. So she actually does have some symptoms, but they're, they're pretty mild. Now, she, did she actually test positive? No, she hasn't gone. She, like, she's going to go to the doctor for this. Uh, yeah, you know? that's true. She, I had to convince her to email the doc, like our prime, our direct primary care doctor. Right. Like, I had to convince her to do that part because, you know, she's just, you know, anti whatever you want to call it. But she's, um, she's definitely, she's got some mild symptoms right now. So I'm definitely going to have to be out of the house for at least, at least 10 days. Right. So, which really sucks too, because I was getting the garage really to a good point, man. Right. Like it really sucks. I actually contemplated. <laughs> okay. So, you know, Kelly and Mikey are at my mom's house too. So I couldn't do what I was going to do. Cause I'm not going to send them over there and then go do what I was going to do. But right. like, there's a, there's a, um, there's a, uh, a refrigerator in the in the garage now. I got the TV working in the garage. You know, I got everything going on. You know, in and there. I'm I'm like, actually disappointed because I, I was planning to come over there a, after we uh, moved the studio today. To yeah, come check it out. But now, yeah, I mean, we can still go to the garage. I don't want the Rona. Yeah. Well, yeah. the thing is, this I was pl- I was contemplating just staying in the garage because if if you know I caught the Rona, there'd be a 100 percent chance I would die. Do you think so? No. Uh. Not not even remotely. Uh, <laughs> so, but if if you read the news, you would actually believe that. Well, you know? Yeah. Like, in fact, uh, I, I happen to have an article here in my formerly nicotine stained fingers. God, Thank you. Uh, what a what a what a kudos to Russia. God, on that God one. rest his soul. Um, the headline is: Forty thousand children in the U.S. have lost at least one parent to COVID nineteen. Report says. And uh, the first paragraph is a staggering 40,000 children in the U.S. have lost at least one parent to coronavirus, three quarters of them teenagers. A new model has calculated. Researchers at Stony Brook University on Long Island estimated the number of children uh, of each adult to have died of COVID-19 and extrapolated to arrive at that conclusion. Um, (laughs) So this is basically a model extrapolation. Um, And they actually come down a little bit here. It says... uh, The paper, based as it is on estimates built on demographic modeling rather than data from a survey or statistical information, is painting a broad, inexact picture. (laughs) Why do I have an article? Right, exactly. And here's the thing, and here's the thing they don't tell you. They go on to talk about how how staggering this is. Uh, In comparison, she noted the September 11, 2001 attacks led to 3,000 children losing a parent. COVID killed 40,000. You know what I'm saying? Here's the reality of the situation. So I saw this, and of course I thought, okay, this just rings of bullshit, you know. Um, which obviously it says the, in the story itself, it says basically the numbers are bullshit. We just kind of made them up and it ra- <laughs> and it raised and it, what it did though, is it raised to your level of, I have to print something out. <laughs> yes. So I would say that in the serious factor, we're looking at a yellow, a, a yellow seriousness. You're, well, you're looking at actually highlighting. Oh shit. You highlighted highlighting something? and footnotes. Oh shit. Okay. So you okay. Def- it's definitely yellow. So here's the actual, That's a hard yellow. here's the thing. That, uh, first of all, even if they were to take these values, virtually all of the 40,000 would have had comorbidities, very serious comorbidities. Yes. Just based on the number of people who are of the age to have children under 18 Mm -hmm. and the, you know, CDC figures on comorbidities. The other thing they fail to mention is they fail to mention to put this in scope. Okay. In perspective. In perspective. How many, how many children every year do you think lose a parent? I'm going to say like maybe 150,000. It's between 400,000 and 450,000. Okay. Okay. So the 40,000 is actually 
within the statistical margin of error of how many children lose a parent every year anyway. <laughs> In fact, 2.8% of all American children will end up losing, of all Americans, will end up losing a parent sometime before they're 18. Yeah. So 3% of kids lose one parent before they reach 18. You know, and but they put these articles out. You know, this was uh, the New York Daily News picked up by Yahoo. And it was like a banner headline on the front page of Yahoo News. And when you see things like this, it, just remember, folks, don't believe everything you read. Because well, there is a kernel, a very small kernel of truth here. But when you get past all the, the bullshit hyperbole and really look at the numbers, you go, oh, well, that's really just kind of like a statistical blip anywhere. Barely. Yeah. You know, it's like within the normal marginal range. Yeah, it's it's almost like they it, because they make it a headline like, you know, five people died today and they make it a headline. Somehow it's supposed to be very important when in all reality, five people die every day. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. again, that of course, more than five people die a day. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. And again, it's it's just COVID is real. COVID is a problem for people some will people. die from it. People will die. Um, but people you know, die from shit all the time. Stop. Stop being afraid. And they are coming at it. <laughs> all these new strains, new variants, you know. Europe is shutting down again. It's like, are, are I just you, don't, well, I, I don't get it. Well, here's another thing I don't get, by the way. Somehow it was racist to call the China, to call it the China virus. Right. But the South African uh, strain is not racist though. Like, or the, you know, whatever place that they're coming from. Cause they always call it from the place that it's at. Right. And now that's not racist. Right. Like make up your fucking mind. Either well, it's racist to call it from its com from its place of origin. Well, it depends on who's saying it. Well, I guess that's true. If Trump too. says it, it's racist. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Because, I mean, Seriously, that's really what it boiled down to. That is what it boiled down to. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, hey, but it's uh, that's the way of the world these days. But don't believe anything you read. And and in fact, if you're if you're an avid reader or watcher of RT, you probably shouldn't believe anything they're saying right now either. Because right now, uh, Russia Today is reporting on how uh, Putin is about to swoop in and stop the humanitarian crisis that's going on in the Ukraine. Oh my God, that's what they're doing, huh? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. RT, come on oh, now. That's I've always said. Look, they may have some good information, but when it uh, when it actually comes to reporting on Russia, uh, they are going to give you nothing but propaganda. Here's the headline in RT. Full-scale Ukrainian war would threaten Russian security, Kremlin warns, <laughs> pledging action to prevent humanitarian catastrophe. Okay, hang on a second. <laughs> Ukraine in 2014 was this country just chilling out, minding its own business, and Russia fucking invaded. Okay, now they took Crimea and they took a whole chunk of the eastern part of the country and, you know, installed their own people there and their own government there and... Now they're amassing 100,000 troops on the border again. And they're saying, well, you know, it's, it's because, you know, there's a humanitarian crisis going on in the territories that we've already taken over. <laughs> because Ukrainians are shooting the, the separatists. Oh, God forbid. <laughs> right. So we have to do something about it. Now, um, it, even though it's it's funny how RT, and, and again, all you libertarian fans of RT out there, do not trust RT anytime they're talking about anything that's of interest to Russia. Period. End of story. Because they are a state finance, state run by the Russian, the, by the Kremlin. Yeah. And they admit that. And uh, there's your proof of it right there. But uh, some of the things that uh, it is getting serious over in the Ukraine right now, like I said, Russia has put 100,000 troops on the border and uh, they're they're coming. You know, they're just going to roll through Ukraine. They might take all of Ukraine. You know, now uh, the Ukrainians are begging right now to uh, be be in, in installed as a member of NATO. Oh, my God. That, right. Which would be. Well, they've been on the track for a while. They, yeah. You know, their application has been processing for some time now. And they've met all the requirements, but NATO's been dragging their feet because, you know, hey, man. They realize what it means. It, it mean, if, if Ukraine is a member of NATO and Russia, you know, attacks further, um, Article 5 of the NATO Charter means that the United States and all of the Euro European NATO members have to go in and defend uh, the Ukraine. So we will be directly fighting Russia. Now, Russia is also, this is interesting, blaming the U.S., for escalating tensions because we actually have a thousand troops 
in the Ukraine right now, mm-hmm. you know, just chilling out, hanging out, doing exercises, NATO exercises, stuff like that. They got 100,000 with like, you know, 5,000 tanks on the border and we got 1,000 guys there, you know, but yeah. they're, they're blaming us for the escalation. So that's why they have to invade the rest of Ukraine. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> yeah. God, I wouldn't want to be one of those fucking thousand guys right now. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. <laughs> no shit. Because <laughs> they ain't going to do nothing. Well, I mean, you know. it's, you know, it ain't like fighting like the Iraqis. Well, they're not even there for, you know, in any defensive capability. They just happened to be there because they were doing it. They had a scheduled joint exercise. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but I still don't want to be there. And though. we did send like one destroyer into the Black Sea, which, you know, what's that going to do? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's uh, getting looking kind of nasty over there. Yeah. And the, the NATO thing is that that's the trigger. Like well, that's one of the World War Three scenarios. Well, here's the thing. I think that if uh, I think that would probably call P- Putin's bluff, but I don't know. You know, I mean, look, Russia already got most of what they wanted out of the Ukraine. And most of what they wanted was the Crimean pe- Peninsula. Yeah. And they have control of that now. Now it's disputed. Ukraine, the Ukraine says it's still theirs, but. Yeah, basically, you know, the U.N. has said that, yes, it still belongs to the Ukraine. But guess what? The Russians control it. Yeah. You know, so for all the U.N. has no, you know, right. They got no they got no they got no power. for that. For all intents and purposes, it's Russia, Um, which it has historically been anyway. I mean, this is all fighting over nothing, but uh, it could get ugly for us if uh, if, uh, you know, uh, specifically if if Ukraine is admitted into NATO, then it's a big deal for us. Yeah. Yeah. Because we will have to send troops. Even in defensive capability, but you know, U.S. and Russian troops will be pointing guns at each other. Whether a, a shot gets fired or not, who knows? But that could lead to some ugliness. You know? Yeah, um, a lot of ugliness in the world right now. Yeah, you know, a lot going on right now. Yeah, like you know, what's funny is like when when Trump was in office, they talked about how the globe was destabilizing and all this other kind of stuff. Right, and it seems like. Like Biden getting elected didn't actually help matters. It actually made matters worse. You know, and that's what's funny is because Trump. The media's not covering it that way, but. No, no, it's not. But the reality of the situation is Trump was basically much more hands off. Yet during that time, Russia and uh, China were being, they were being much more laid back. They weren't being nearly as overt in their aggression. Yeah. You know, whereas um, now that Biden's in office, who seems to be more willing to, you know, a little more hawkish than Trump. Absolutely. He's a neocon. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, now uh, Russia and China are are just like flexing their muscle all day long. So it it doesn't make any sense. What do they see that that we don't? Uh, You know what I'm saying? I have an idea. What do you think? Uh, They see a guy that is going to be dead soon. I don't know about that. He is a demented old man. Like, there's no getting around this. He can't do a press conference worth of shit. They have him hidden, basically. He's a dead body, the the president right now. And they're looking at this as an opportunity that we are going to be completely distracted, which we will be, and that they can do things like take over Taiwan. Well, yeah, and that's another thing that we'll talk about in a second. But I don't think that's the reason. Um, I think that, and I do agree with you that, that uh, Biden does have, I'm going to say early stages of dementia. I don't think he's a walking dead man like you think he is. But I, I do think he has the early stages of dementia. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, I wouldn't disagree with that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, maybe a little hyperbolic. Well, here's the thing. It's, it's definitely enough to affect his performance when he has to talk about very complex issues. No, it affects his performance when he has to talk. No, he still he still speaks pretty yeah, well. Yeah, but, but you go past fifteen or twenty words. I, I agree with you. I, I yeah. understand. I, I know what you're where you're coming from. But what I'm saying is, uh, from my perspective, he sounds as much of an idiot when he talks as Trump did when he talked. You see what I'm saying? Okay, okay. I understand what you're saying with that. However, I would say that when it came to the mental faculties, like okay, Biden is deteriorated and yes. much fat and Trump's not deteriorated. He just always talks like that. Right. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I agree with yeah. that. But uh, my point is, is <laughs> as far as net result, it's about a wash. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I yeah. can see what you're saying. So, uh, but, but the interesting thing is, is I think what may have prevented Russia and China from being as, you know, flexing their muscles so much when Trump was in office is the, the possibility of Trump just going completely off the rails and nuking somebody. Yeah. I think that's really what it was. I think for the first time in a long time, Russia and China looked at the United States and said, 
ah, you know, we push it too far. This guy might actually start throwing around nukes. Yeah. Which was actually one of the things I liked about Trump. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't like the concept. The unpredictability of it. was something that I wanted to see out of a U.S. president. Well, one thing that is certainly true is that you know mutually assured destruction does keep everybody in check. Yes. So what they're probably thinking with Biden is even though Biden would probably have no problem sending in a carrier group and sending in a couple of divisions, he's not going to push the button. Yeah. There's no way in hell he's going to push a button. So we might get into a limited war with the U.S., but we can deal with a limited war with the U.S. Yeah. What we can't deal with and what nobody can deal with is somebody actually launching the fucking nukes. Yeah. And that's, I think, what was, you know China and Russia was afraid of. And you know now that that's gone, you know, they're, like I said, both of them are flexing their muscle. And, and the way China is flexing their muscle is they are, they are clearly um, planning to invade Taiwan. Or at least they want the world to believe that they are intending to invade Taiwan. Yeah. You never can say for sure whether that's actually their plan or whether they're just... But they always did wanted Taiwan back. Well, though. they did, but now they're being so overt about it. I mean, they are like every day they're challenging their airspace. They're swarming them with drones. Uh, now Taiwan has had to come back and say... Um, you know, we're going to start shooting down drones. You're, you're just flying over our airspace constantly. We're going to start shooting things down. Yeah. And China said, you start shooting down our drones, we're coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it, it feels like that this is just a, an event away from a, you know, an invasion of Taiwan. Now, the U.S. has no formal, um, you know, uh, diplomatic uh, treaty or anything like that with Taiwan to defend them. But there's always been that unspoken, well, since 1979. Prior to 1979, uh, we did have a treaty with them, a mutual defense treaty, but now we don't. Uh, Carter eliminated that when they wanted to have better ties with China. It was part of the deal. Yeah. Um, but the question is, you know, would if China were to invade Taiwan, would the U.S. get involved? And I think that probably we would. But I'm thinking we would. Yeah, I, I think we would, you know. And there's a, a pretty valid reason for that is we are absolutely dependent on Taiwan for things like chips, yeah. microchips, mm -hmm. and, and various, you know, various electronics, uh, very, you know, things that are not only for consumer electronics, but necessary to defense. Um, like, for example, you know, right now we're not buying uh, the Defense Department, the Nash, uh, NSA, you know, intelligence communities aren't buying a lot of chips from China because there's always a possibility that they're going to backdoor into them. Yeah. You know, and, and th that has happened in the past. Um, so we don't trust that these Chinese corporations, which are essentially every Chinese corporation has ties with the, uh, you know, the uh, PLA, the, uh, you know, or what is it? The People's Army. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the Chinese Communists. Yes, exactly. The Communist the, Party. The, yeah, Politburo, for lack of a better term. Um, but so they... Evil uh, bastards. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Taiwan is critical to us for getting a lot of those, uh, you know, electronic infrastructures, the chips, the circuitry, uh, you know, things of that nature. Um, so to lose Taiwan or to have Taiwan taken over by China, that basically cuts our knees off for any type of manufacturing that isn't controlled by an adversary. Yeah. You know, and essentially, if they took Taiwan and then decided to boycott the U.S., we would be fucked. Yeah. You know, so that is one of the reasons Taiwan is so important to us. And right now, you know, now we're seeing what's happened when we do have a shortage of those, you know, that, you know, that circuitry, the, the microchips, the things like that. Right now, Ford and GM have had to shut down plants. The simple reason is they can't get the the chips for the the computers in the cars. Yeah, you know. Um, so if that were to happen on a grand scale, if you could imagine no chips were coming, and the same thing we talked about a couple of weeks ago with like uh, graphics cards. You know, there's mm -hmm. a there's a shortage right now. If China were to choke that off completely, uh, it would decimate our economy and also decimate our military and intelligence communities. Well, how come we don't make them here? Um, cheap. You know, that's what globalization did. We, everybody went for the cheap labor. Yeah. You know, now um, I think Intel is bringing back some chips and, you know, AMD is bringing back some chips and things like that. There, there is some, there's uh, some movement there's, towards it, but it's slow. Cause yeah. it's the, oh, yeah. any big corporation like that, they're like big ships. You can't just turn them on a dime. No, no. I mean, you got to build a factory. Yeah. You know, you have to re basically build from the ground up. You know, because you just can't start. And you can't build factories in three days like you can in China. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. 
And uh, these days you can't staff them because everyone's on unemployment. <laughs> There's just so many problems. I, I know. Like they're all building up together. Too. They are. It's, like you see all the different issues coming up and you're just like, oh, there's fuck. there's not a lot of happy things going on right now. Well, one piece of good news, uh, uh, Prince, whoever died. Well, I don't consider that a piece of good news, but. Okay. I, I, I consider this guy evil ever since I heard, what's his name? Prince Philip. Prince yeah, Philip. Prince the, Philip. the queen's uh, wife, for lack of a better term. Yeah. <laughs> um, Prince Philip, uh, when I heard him say, um, "If uh, if I die, I'd like to be reincarnated as a as a deadly virus to help uh, with the world population problem." Oh my God! Yes, yeah, the man actually said that. So uh, good riddance, uh, there, uh, Prince Philip. Died at ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you know he was married to that woman for seventy five years, I think. Yeah, like that's a long time to be married to somebody. Yeah, I wonder when's the last time they did it. This morning. <laughs> That's, you think she's a necrophiliac? Yeah, you know, Are was, you saying that the queen's a necrophiliac? He was cold, but he was stiff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, man, English queens, man, they've always had some some uh, strange kinks going on. I guess so. I mean, but... like, uh, what was it? One of the Queen Marys, didn't she die because she was having her horse lovered, l- lowered onto her bed? And the hor- the... The cable broke or something, and, and the horse crushed her in I her bed. I don't know that story. I don't know that story. <laughs> that, that could I want to say you're wrong, but I don't think you are. <laughs> like, I want to go, yeah, that didn't happen, there, but it there, probably did. There, there's, I, will, I will acknowledge that there's a 50-50 chance that that's some type of urban legend, uh, but I'm going with it anyway. You're going, fuck the royal family. I, I, yeah, I don't care. Yeah. Like, I guess the care. thing, when I heard, I'm like, eh. And they made it a big deal, and yeah. like, you know, everybody's like, condolences. Like I don't, I don't care. I blame Disney. You know. Oh, okay. Why? Because fucking everything in Disney is about princesses and queens and princes and kings, and they made an entire generation of American children think it was really cool to be a prince or a king or a queen or blah 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 blah. And so that's why Americans grow up, especially uh, little girls, grow up with this. Uh, you know, uh, fantasy of royalty. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay. I guess I so, can hear what you're saying there. Yeah. But so it's, it's, I, mean, a, I don't like, again, we, I don't really, I don't like them. So I don't really care. And, right. they, you know, and just to see like, you know, when they got, like when they, when Meghan Merkel and the, the Harry, this is his name. Right. You know, they did that interview about how they're being oppressed and all this kind of stuff. I'm like, <laughs> are you fucking <laughs> kidding you. me? Like, fuck off. Right. You right. know what I mean? Like you guys are out of your fucking mind. You literally own an entire country. Yeah. You know, actually several countries, Canada, Australia, South Africa. Yeah. You know, and you left the Royal family, but you still have like a, you know, an endowment that you get paid for the rest of your life from right. your mom when you died a long time ago. Yeah. They don't even calculate their wealth. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because they can't bother. <laughs> yeah. Why would they? Why would they waste the time? Right. You're never going like, to run out of money. It's like, what's England worth? Yeah, I I, I don't like them. When they say Her Her Majesty's roads, they're not speaking metaphorically. She owns the fucking roads. Yeah. You know, (laughs) she owns the land. You just get it by, you know, decree. Yeah. You know, you get to use it through uh, basically the feudal system. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, it's astounding that people just, it's astounding to me that people tolerate it. Yeah. You know, I think that they just, they like it. Yeah, and it's astounding to me that here we are on the the precipice of a potential war like in the Ukraine, Mm -hmm. for example, and the reason that Americans may have to sacrifice blood and treasure is to um, figure out which country that people in a place halfway around the world will pay taxes to. <laughs> I mean, think about it. That's really the bottom line. Whether whether the, the Ukrainians are under the Ukrainian government, a Russian government, really the only major difference is who they're paying taxes to. Yeah, you know I, who they cut that check to. Yeah. I, I, other than that, there's not much difference. You know, this wasn't in the show notes, but it, it made me so much shit was going on this week that I forgot to put this one in the show notes. But did you see that Janet Yellen came out and said that they want to have a global set tax? Yeah, I did. A good, global corporate tax. Good luck with that. What the fuck? <laughs> like they're because, not even trying to hide it anymore. Well, here, here's the thing. All I know is that if they actually do pull this off. There's going to be one country 
that says, you know what? We're not going to do that. And whatever country that is, is going to be the next richest country in the world. (laughs) 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 Because every major corporation is going to set up shop there. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, if I was one of those little countries, man, I would be waiting, just waiting for this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I just, just go ahead and do it. And we're going to have it all ready. We have a 0.1% corporate tax rate. Come on down. And, you know, it's, Bring it. It, 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 you would literally attract every corporation in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully it's Uruguay. Yeah. Well, that's what they're trying to do is they're trying to get it so that because that's what happens is you have all these corporations that do that now. They go to a tax haven country. They set up, you know, their shop in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of the same reason that every ship is registered to Panama, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but, uh, so is every VPN <laughs> because they have next to no, um, you know, five eyes type, you know, data sharing with the government laws. Yeah. But you know, the, that's, that's what would happen. That that country would become incredibly wealthy because even that 0.1% would be, you know, uh, just a, a windfall for all the corporations, the multi-billion dollar corporations that would headquarter there. Yeah. You know, so but uh, yeah, Janice Yellen. I mean, come on, man. I hate that. I hate her. <laughs> I hate them all. I, I mean, I do hate them all too. Yeah. But like, just you know, it's just one after another. You're just seeing the. I, here's the thing. Everything that five to ten years ago we talked about is not everything, but a lot of things that we talked five to ten years about about, about conspiracy theories are not only provably true at this point, but they're just being done out in the open. Yeah. Yeah. It's all on record. Well, it's well documented. It. it Again, I think it's just, it's less of a conspiracy, even though there are conspiratorial elements to it, and more of a just mass migration in thinking. A very quickly mass migration in thinking, by the way. Yeah, I mean, socialism happened in America last year. Pretty much. Yeah. And it did. And I mean, the acknowledgement of it, I think, is more than anything else. No, it, it went into practice. Well, yeah, but no, it was been in practice before, though. It was just in practice in sections. Yeah. Like now, with the elderly. Now it's 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I just deposited my uh, stimulus check. Very happily, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I embrace my my socialist overlords because they're overlords anyway. They might as well give me money, too. Yeah. You know? <laughs> they've always been the overlords at this they, point. So. They've been fucking up my life since day one. Might as well get a little cash out of it. Yeah. You know? It's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I consider this my pain and suffering money. <laughs> <laughs> this is like punitive damages. Oh, God. They owe, they owe way more money than that. Uh, I just keep thinking all the time about that Harry Brown quote. Like, the gov- you know, government is good at one thing. Breaking both your legs, hand me a pair of crutches and see, without us, you wouldn't be able to walk. That's true indeed. And it's it really indeed. is. Yeah. If we just had companies saying no to government, we would be all right. We would. And one great example of that is Amazon. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. You know, there's a lot going on with Amazon in the news. Uh, they're having the union vote. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's a that's a big thing. And so far, it looks like uh, Amazon's going to win that vote. It looks there's like there's already enough votes in that are the no votes that, that Amazon has. Amazon they they has have won. one at this yes. point. Okay. Thank God. You know, I don't have as much of a problem with that. I hate unions. I hate them. I despise them. I, they are they are they are a plight on this country. Well, I'll, I'll give you a couple of things. I hate what unions have become. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, and I absolutely and vehemently oppose any government employee union. Yeah, yeah, public sector unions. Yeah, any public sector union. No, absolutely, that's double representation. Yes. Okay, um, but I, in in theory, I don't really have a problem with um, with unions, uh, labor unions per se. Um, you know, just collectively negotiating. I, I don't have a problem with that in, in theory. Okay. But when, I what they what are saying today, in theory. I understand. Yeah. In theory, I understand what you're saying. And I will say this. My ire is definitely more on the public sector unions. I actually think that all of the leaders of every public sector union should actually be arrested for money laundering. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's a legit charge. Yeah, I, like I, the RICO Act, you could use that on them. It, it's and not, they should all be thrown in jail. I don't know if it's technically money laundering, but it's definitely um, a RICO Act would apply, and so would bribery. Yeah, because that's what they're doing. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. They're giving money to politicians and to it's get them elected. Because if, if, you, if you are working for a union company... You know, you have to pay your union dues. Well, and okay, so there's a bill. So I've been, you know, I watch, you know, YouTube. Right. And I've been getting these commercials about, you know, Florida legislators say no to HB or SB, whatever, right? right. And it was teachers that were saying it. They're, they're taking away our voice. And blah, oh, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah, yeah, blah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. Yeah, I've seen that too. Okay, yeah. you've seen it too, yeah. right? Well, here's the thing about that, by the way. So I asked, I called Hallman up, John Hallman, who was, you know, 
lobbied for liberty for many, many years and still, still doing it. But I talked to him and I'm like, what's this bill all about? Because I just wanted to kind of get an idea of what the bill was all about. And the bill itself is actually has, it's all about the unions. And basically it's giving people a choice then at that point of whether they want to join the unions or not join the unions. Right. Like it gives you more freedom and options when it comes to the unions. Mm-hmm. That's all it does. It's right. not taking away anybody's fucking voice. No, like it's, you it's taking away dicks. the force that the union has to make you pay dues. That's right. That's, <laughs> That's exactly really all it it's does. doing. Yeah. Yeah. So I called John up and asked him about it and he told me exactly what was going on. As a matter of fact, let me see. Hold on. So uh, uh, SB 1014 was introduced by Senate Dinner, uh, Senate Dinner Dennis Braxley. The bill was heard Wednesday by the Senate uh, Government Oversight Committee. Puts a number on restrictions on unions representing educators throughout the state. If SB 4 um, 10 passes, some of those restrictions include not allowing a union to represent employees if fewer than 50% of eligible employees are in the union, forcing union members to renew every year, and prohibit school district from automatically deducting union dues. Okay. I, what is wrong with sounds that? Sounds really reasonable to me. Like, and if you listen, you know, they're taking away our voice. And right. Blah, 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 and I'm fucking stupid. And they would be like, I'm a, I'm a, you know, one commercial was like, I'm a Republican. And, blah, 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 blah. and the other one was like, I'm a veteran. Cause I get, you know, standing on the, you got to stand right. on veterans and, and, and that in order to make it work. And yeah, they're really standing on all, all of them, aren't they? Oh, yeah. Teachers, kids, and veterans. Oh, yeah. No, because I'm sure they're, the they're trifecta. They're, I'm sure the they're angle. 20 feet tall right I'm now. sure there's an angle in there somewhere how this is going to hurt children. Oh, it's going to hurt kids. No, yeah. of course it is. Yeah. Actually, it would help kids because there's one thing that unions don't like, and that's the students. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they don't fight for the students. Well, they fight for the teachers. Well, that's the purpose they, of the union. They've, they've definitely uh, been fighting for teachers not to have to be in contact with the children. <laughs> yeah. I mean, luckily in Florida, we had, they, the teachers had to go back to class. Right. You but know, they so, didn't want to. They, they oh, tried no, they not to. to. Yeah. But, they, yeah, but they realized what state they were in. <laughs> right. Yeah. You, know, you ain't New York, motherfuckers. Exactly. You ain't in New York. You ain't California. You yeah. ain't New York. York, get the fuck back to work, you fucking lazy fucks. I yeah. hate them. I just, I, you know what? I'm just so, like, there's some things that raise my ire, but I will say this. I hate, especially public sector unions, right. more than I hate politicians. Wow. Wow. I definitely wouldn't go that far. I would definitely go that far. I, I, I consider them to be the most insidious group of people and mm. also... They are, they are responsible or we put them as responsible for teaching our youth. And that right there yeah, you is just, tantamount you, to like, they, you, you hate schools, you hate teachers, you hate teachers unions. I hate That's it. really what I it hate boils it. down to. I don't hate teachers though. Uh, you, you do. You Not do. really though. You do. I don't really hate the teachers. Yeah, you do. There's some teachers I've met that I've loved that I think are, were great teachers. Yeah. But these unions though, they got to go. Yeah. If there was one thing I could make happen, if I could make one thing happen, it may be getting rid of the teachers unions. Wow. Well, yeah, it's I, I agree with you, but it's it's not quite the. Uh, uh, right, but we went off on a tangent on well, the we teachers did, when we actually we're going to talk about Amazon. Well, I, I want to talk about Amazon because um, just, you know, I look at all this regulation coming down and uh, there's a lot of, you know, specifically from Democrats right now, there's a lot of push to, you know, maybe break up Amazon saying they're too big and things like that. And, you know, they've they've actually make a great point. Amazon actually has become too big to be controlled by government. Yes. That's really the, the thing that they're afraid of. And I don't know that that's necessarily a great thing, but it's not necessarily a bad thing anyway, because let's, let's go through the number. Um, in 20- Hold on. Before you go through the numbers real huh. quick, though, I want to say that the level of interest Adrian had in this article is that he put it all this stuff in the show notes. It wasn't a piece of paper. It wasn't a sticky note. It was in the show notes. I'm trying right. to figure out if that is more important or less important than the piece of paper. It just happened to be convenient at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So it was, I had it open. I figured I'm, I'm doing this research. I might as well put it together. All right. So anyway, but so for 2021, based on Amazon's projected uh, gross revenue um, in uh, this coming year, they will probably represent almost 3% of the total U.S. gross domestic product. Wow. Which is amazing. Yeah. Uh, just absolutely astounding that one company could be 3% of GDP. Um, also, they represent about 1% of the total U.S. workforce. Yeah. You know, it, both through their direct employees and their contract employees and delivery drivers and things like that. Yeah. 
Um, Amazon Web Services hosts all kinds of government agencies, including Department of Defense, Department of Justice, many, many intelligence agencies, a lot of you know sub agencies. So, and a lot of state and local governments as well. So Amazon actually is you know handling all their data as well. Um, Amazon represents 5% of the U.S. Postal Service's gross revenue and is responsible for 100% of their profit. <laughs> yeah. um, Amazon is 4% of the total S&P 500 market cap. And over 100 million Americans own stock in Amazon, either directly or through an ETF, a mutual fund, or in their IRAs, pensions, 401k, something like that. So my point is, if the federal government comes after Amazon, and Amazon just says, no, what could they really do? What could they really do? Are they really willing to, you know, what if Amazon just says, you know what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take all our operations. We're going to move to that country that only charges 0.1%, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it, it, what you're going to have to do is come in with guns and shut down all these facilities where the 1.6 million Americans work. Yep. Okay. And arrest all those people. So you can okay. disrupt, disrupt the supply chain for all the millions of people that buy things on Amazon every day. And the moment you do that, here's what we're going to do. We're going to shut down your cloud. So the army can't talk to the Navy and the NSA can't spy on all those Americans and the department of justice can't, you know, the FBI can't uh, access their data. You know, neither can any state or local government. Yeah. I mean, the, literally, Amazon Web Services has contracts with all these government agencies. You'd, you have no idea how disruptive that would be. You know, uh, the, the U.S. Postal Service, they're going to go in the hole. You know, <laughs> I mean, you're going to have if Amazon went bellied up or just pulled out of the U.S., if, if, if Bezos says, I'm shutting my fucking doors. Yeah. You know, you unemployment just spiked by like. 10%, you know? Yeah. So my point is, is they have no teeth anymore. And that's, they realize that. They are going to try to break up Amazon and any company that gets too big because they can't control them anymore. And if the companies realize that, then they would have absolutely no fear of the government whatsoever. And the reason I want to bring this up is because it segues into something else that's going on right now. And that is Biden's push for gun control. Mm -hmm. Okay. If the gun owners of America realized the same exact thing, they would realize they don't have to comply because there's no way in hell that the government can enforce any of this. It's literally impossible. They do not have the resources to enforce this. And so much more in this day and age, that's what's happening more and more. I, I truly believe that we are on a path that if, if it goes the right direction, governments can actually become obsolete. If it goes the wrong directions, government will become totalitarian. And if it just stays down the middle, it's probably just going to be a hodgepodge of, of shit like we've been trudging through for the past you know 100 years. Yeah. But, you know, if, if we start to realize that they've overreached so far that they can't control it. And the only thing, the only thing that keeps it all together is everyone's voluntary compliance. If Amazon chooses not to comply, the government has no teeth to do anything substantial. And if the American gun owner chooses not to comply, the government has no choice to do anything substantial. And you know, if the American public just decided collectively, we're not going to pay taxes anymore, there would be literally nothing the government could do about it. You know, all of these things, if you really think about it, depend on our collective compliance. Yes. But if we organized in groups that were large enough, we wouldn't have to comply. Or if as individuals, we just acted in the same manner, we wouldn't have to comply. But yeah, no, no. Okay. So a couple things here I wanted to say. Mm -hmm. One, Bezos is all for the new tax plans and stuff like that. And he's right. come out publicly and already said it. Right. So the guy that runs Amazon is okay with doing it. And the reason he's okay with doing it is because he can help, it can help cement his market share. It right. can help cement the monopoly that he has, or not monopoly, right. but, exactly. but near monopoly that he has on a lot of these things right now. Right. And he wants to be able to do that. Well, he doesn't want the hassle of having to fight the government. Well, I, I, think, it's, I think it's different than that, though. No, I, I think with Bezos, I think that Bezos is using, now that he's big enough, he's using the government to maintain that control. Well, that's true. And it, again, there's, there's a certain aspect to that because... You know, like I said, he's got the government contracts for the cloud locked up. Yeah. For the most part. He has, in that area, he has 
uh, a much bigger market share than Google, than uh, Microsoft, than uh, IBM. You know, he's basically got the cloud locked up for the federal government. Yeah. You know. Um, so, yeah, he's kind of in that gray area. But like I said, it's it, it, he's so powerful now that it's like he's he's above the government. Yeah. yeah, they really can't do anything to him. So you're right. In a way, he does totally have a monopoly, but he's got it through government. It's not like a utility, though. It's it's a little different. He's got it because he has leverage on the government. Yeah, but the government does have leverage on him, too, though. He needs the government in order to maintain the monopoly. Not necessarily. No, I don't think so. Mm. I, here's the thing. I think for Amazon.com, for example, that monopoly... Um, and it's not a it's not a complete monopoly, but it's it's close. You know. Well, here's the thing: everybody uses it because it's really easy to use. Though. Exactly. He built the best mouse strap. Yeah. And so he has the best. So mouse. in that in that way, I'm not mad at him for that. No, not at all. Yeah. You don't have to use Amazon if you don't want to use Amazon. Right. Um, monopolies do happen in uh, you know a capitalist uh, structure in an unregulated free market. But, but they, they just don't make it that long. They don't though. last that long. Yeah. That's the difference. The thing you that know? keeps them longer is that the government allows uh, will do things to protect them. There was one time that MySpace had a monopoly. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and exactly. Uh, but once they get in that you know the role of government protection, but it, and this is interesting because part of what Amazon has done, like with the AW has been to control that to, to get that government monopoly and make themselves too big to fail now the government cannot let amazon fail but by the same token you have elements of the government that are going after them trying to break them up because they realize how big and pow how powerful they've gotten yeah it's weird too because it's almost like the it, okay it's one of those things that's like you have two different areas of government that are actually competing against each other basically yes, yes. is that you have one side doing one thing and another side doing it. it's like with the sugar subsidies right right like so they'll give sugar farmers sugar subsidies but then they'll get they'll charge a tax to, to for sugar if you're getting it in your soda or something like that right like like they're, they're competing against each other on that it's same thing goes with like the you have the government giving out money for ppp loans but then you also have the government giving out money in order to stay keep people to stay unemployed and you set the rules up so all you have to do is apply for a job you don't actually have to take the job if given the job right and you will still collect your money you know <laughs> the government reached out to me this week wanting me to borrow more money from them oh did you <laughs> no did I, you I didn't i didn't it's like no no <laughs> screw you people <laughs> You know, I I mean, I, I'm just going to take the free money from now on. No, oh, I'm not. Okay. Gonna, I'm not going to take the ultra low interest loans. Oh, oh, that sucks. <laughs> well, they're often more, you know, uh, uh, signature loans with no collateral at three percent. I mean, you know, I, I almost said yes, but it's like I, I, I don't need any more money right now. Wow. You know, so I guess. Man. Yeah, I, I maybe I will. Who knows? All I know is It'd when be I an saw, extra twenty five grand. So. All I know is all I know is when I saw that when I saw the article that showed that uh, that the that the union lost in Amazon. I was really, like, I was really good. Yeah. Like, I was really yeah. happy about that. Because I just, again, I just don't, I, I I think that you have people that are there. Again, it's all coming, it's all graft. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, the guys that run the union are just, they're the ones that are sucking off of the workers. Right. Because you're not really providing anything, really, at the end of the day. Like, okay, so you can collectively bargain a little bit. What's that raising the price for people? Not, uh, it's not, not doing it by that much. Yeah, it's... Besides, Amazon was paying or like for their drivers right now, Amazon pays 15 an hour. Right. And they got more. And it, I don't think that's enough anymore. Well, by the way, <laughs> that's speak, the start. Speaking of which, uh, more instances. I, I've gotten several reports since I reported last week about the uh, checkers that closed the drive through because they didn't have enough employees. Yeah. I've gotten two additional reports of restaurants being closed for lack of employees. Wow. One was a Dairy Queen and another was a mom and pop. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. And the Dairy Queen was closed completely. They just, you know, closed due to lack of staffing. Really? Yeah. Sign in the door. <laughs> wow. And and the mom and pop place, uh, same same thing. You know, closed due to uh, lack of staffing. Wow. No employees. <laughs> oh, I, I just hired a couple of. Hang weeks. on a second. Uh, a, a buddy of mine uh, who is uh, well now he's no longer, but he was a manager for Walgreens. Okay. Um, he actually went on vacation uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and right before he gave his notice, <laughs> you know, the give your notice, go on vacation thing. Yeah. Um, and as soon as he left for vacation, all his employees called in. So they had no employees. So the, like the one guy that showed up to open the door says, there's nobody here but me. So he calls corporate office and corporate offices just shut the store. Yeah. So they're calling him. He's like, dude, I'm on vacation. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. 
Uh, it's it's happening left and right. Wow. Yeah. And they were like skeleton staffed anyway. You know. But, yeah. But before he left, he's like, okay, made a schedule and everything like that, and then everyone called in. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. It's 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 getting you know it's getting crazy, man. But hey, government, keep those checks coming. Yeah. Keep them coming. This is totally their fault. Oh, I know. It, absolutely. 100%. Like, that's the thing. Like, you were like, you know, all these people are unemployed look, and the government's got to do something about it. Like, li- literally, like. Look, when I was a kid, okay, we used to talk about and you would hear people say, well, what happens in communism is it's totally unproductive because nobody has any incentive to work, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> if if you want proof of that. Go to fucking Arby's. <laughs> you know or try to go to Arby's. Exactly. You're seeing it all over the place. I mean, it, it, there are... I, Indeed and LinkedIn have started sending me um, messages for jobs. I haven't applied for a job in 30 years. <laughs> I'm, not on, I'm not even on LinkedIn. I don't know how they got my email. <laughs> you know? uh, it's probably me. I probably did. Uh, you probably did. Yeah. Knowing you spammer, but that's my point. They are so desperate. They're just out there looking for anyone to hire. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. Uh, it's, it's, no, I hired a couple people this week. Indeed actually has been working very well for me. Has it been working oh, well? Yeah, yeah. Well, they're, I can tell you they are very actively aggressively marketing to people who aren't necessarily in the looking for jobs. Yeah. You know? So but that's that's good that you got a couple. I can't wait till September and they cut off the. I can't wait till September and they cut off the the, the unemployment. I checks. bet they extend it. You think they'll extend it oh, again? Oh yeah, this is forever, man. Oh. This is the this is UBI, man. UBI is happening. Oh my There's God. no doubt about it. In fact, not only is it happening for Americans, it apparently is going to happen for Central and South Americans as well. <laughs> <laughs> There's actual talk. Go ahead. I'll, I'll let yeah, yeah. you tell the All story. All right. So, and I just saw this before before the show started here. See, so the United States is considering a conditional cash transfer. Uh, program to help address economic woes that lead migrants from certain or from certain Central American countries to trek north, as well as sending COVID nineteen vaccines to those countries. A senior White House official told Reuters on Friday. So hold on, let me also say this. So the one thing that we could depend on right now in order to actually get some people with some more jobs is actually bringing a bunch of illegal immigrants into the country. And now the White House is actively trying to stop that from happening. Right. Like, are you open borders or not? Can you make up your mind? Can you be open borders and let all these people in? Because you know what? I got some jobs I need to have filled here. Can you help me out, please? Right, right. So, but now we're, we're sending them $1,400 checks to stay in their own country. <laughs> The potential program would be targeted at people at the Northern Triangle region of Guatemala, Honduras, and El Salvador. Roberta Jacobson, the White House Southern Border Coordinator, told Reuters in an interview without saying who exactly would receive cash. Roughly 168,000 people were picked up by U.S. Border Patrol agents at the U.S.-Mexico border in March, the highest monthly tally since March of 2001, and part of a steadily increasing arrivals in recent recent months. Now, here's the other thing, too, by the way. So this is a combination of things, too, <laughs> right. by the way. So they're looking to do this, and now the Biden administration is bringing back the Trump's administration border wall. Right. right. Like, hold on a second here. We got kids in cages. Right. We got border wall being constructed, but somehow Trump's not in office anymore. I think Trump won. <laughs> I think Trump actually secretly won this election and just put Biden in charge so they quit fucking with him. And suddenly Democrats all think it's a good idea. Oh, yeah, no, it's a great idea. Hey, they're not really children in cages. They're not kids in cages. Some no, of these no, kids no, no. are like 16 or 17 years old, right. man. Like, yeah. the hypocrisy on this, it, you can't make this. It, if I put a, it in a it's movie, it's a family you relocation it. center. <laughs> That's all. You know, and here's the other thing. Okay, so we've identified uh, El Salvadorians and Guatemalans and, you know, uh, Hondurans yeah. that are wanting to cross the U.S. border. So what we're going to do is say, okay, look, we know you were trying to cross the U.S. border. Here's a check. Don't do it again. Okay. So they go home and say, hey, I got this big check from the U.S. government. How'd you get it? I tried to cross the border. <sighs> Giant sucking sound of Guatemalans, Hondurans, and El Salvadorians to the border because they say, look, either I get across and make it to the promised land or the U.S. government gives me a big check. It's a win-win. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, you remember when you were a kid and your mom and your mom, like, you'd leave the door open and your right. mom would get mad at you. Don't air condition the whole world, right? Right. This government is air conditioning the whole world. I know. I know. And it's, they, doing, it's doing wonderful for my Bitcoin and gold portfolio. Yeah. I just, I can't believe it though. I just like, it's every time something new comes up, you're like, 
like you know what? Just when you think that they can't do anything that's stupider than what they're doing, right? Like they like hold my beer. I'm gonna double down on this shit. Watch, we're gonna give them. We're gonna give the illegal immigrants the money before they even get here. Yeah, and uh, they took her jobs. <laughs> well, no, they didn't. We're not willing to work. <laughs> the, the thing We're is, on unemployment. I know we need more. Like, stop. Here's the thing: open up the goddamn border and let people come in. <laughs> Do the work visa program for Pete's sake, please. Right. Help me out. Right. Right. Yeah. Man. It, it's absolute insanity. It just it nothing makes any sense anymore. And all all you can do is enjoy the the uh, ridiculousness of it all and, you know, wait for it to crash or not. Yeah. You know, at this point, at this point, I don't even care if it collapses anymore. You know, no, I'm, I'm just, kind of hey, collapse. Don't collapse. Send me checks. Well, no, you have to send me checks. Okay. <laughs> so that's the one thing that just keep sending the checks and I'm cool. Well, the thing is, as soon as they stop sending the checks, like when the checks do stop, then you're looking at going to mass civil unrest and like it's going to go south. That'll be awesome. I mean, it's good, but here's the thing. They're going to do it at the time frame in which they want to do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And that's what's going on right now. It, and it's sad, but that's you what's keep, going hey, on. You know what? Again, once again, I think you put way too much, um, you know, trust or belief in their competency. I think they're just a bunch of fucking morons. I mean, I, they're monkeys pulling levers, man. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. None of them do. None of them do. Let's try this. I mean, look. Hold my beer. Look, these are... These are really, really stupid people for the most part. Yeah. They just are. They're just not the sharpest. They Basically, they have ambition and charisma, but they don't necessarily have a lot of thinking power. You know what I'm saying? And that's what ends up happening. Everybody looks to government like through this omnipotent, you know, nebulous thing. And it's just a bunch of, you know, C students who everybody liked. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and we're you know pretty good at uh, taking uh, graft under the table. Yeah, it's like I said. And I said, look, I said this last night in the meeting I had last night, which I'll get into. But I said politicians are like used car salesmen, and I'm not trying to insult used car salesmen, right? Because yeah. that's what they're like. Yeah. So, but last night, I I, I trust your used car salesmen far more than politicians. Yeah, I know several; they're decent people. Yeah. <laughs> I have I have friends that are used car salesmen. Yeah, don't talk about my friends like that. <laughs> How dare you compare it to politicians? So I got a call like a week ago from a man by the name of Robert, and Robert was somebody that I talked to during the you know campaign and in politics and stuff like that. And he asked, he's, his son is very involved, you know, is studying a whole lot of like monetary theory and policies and stuff like that. And asked me if I would sit down and talk to him. Okay. And you know, I, look, I'll always do that. You know what I'm saying? Like I'd always do something yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody calls me. Yeah, and, absolutely. Well, I didn't realize that like, you know, and, and when he said his age, I didn't really, it didn't contemplate, like it didn't hit, it didn't hit me. How old was he? 13. 13. Okay. Now let me tell you this. This kid's got a better grasp of Austrian vice uh, Keynesian economics than I have now. Right. Like when he was talking, I was just like, you're 13. Right. I must have said that like three or four times when I was there. <laughs> like you're 13. Yeah. So he's, we're at uh, the little Greek restaurant for like two hours going, just talking about just various stuff. He'd like, he asked me how I got started in politics and things like that. And your name got mentioned quite a little bit, actually, because we talked about, you know, because I was like, you know, my run only was a very short amount of time of my time involved in politics. So the other stuff involved in politics was much more, um, you know, good. But he, he, he did ask, is he, you know, is Adrian done? I'm like, oh yeah, Adrian's done. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't even, like, I don't even try to like, I don't even, when people ask me that question now, I don't even try to like hedge it I just like I give the most direct answer I can give. He is he's an anarchist now. He's I am done. I am completely incapable of caring about anything that doesn't directly affect me. Yeah. One hundred percent. Everybody that I talk to says the same thing. Yeah, but he's so smart. <laughs> That's why I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> give it look, you're a smart kid, give it time, you'll be done tuned soon. Yeah, this kid will be out by fifteen. Oh yeah, exactly. And the one at the end of it, he actually said you know, he actually he actually said, Yeah, I don't think I'd ever run for office. I'm like, Oh, then you learned something in this conversation, didn't you? <laughs> I said exactly that to him. So, and it was, look, I tried to be positive too, right. but at the same time, like I'm not really in that much of a positive place you, right now. You don't want to, it, it's such a tough call because there is that, there's always that pride. There's always that, you know, that belief in the, really the, the origins of our country. You know, it's, it's, I still have that without question. Yeah. And you don't want to crush that in a kid either, but you also have to have to show them the reality of it, which if you show them the reality of it, it's almost impossible not to, to say, you know, that ideal that 
you're hanging your hat on is it doesn't really exist. It's not around anymore. It's, it's not. It, it, yeah, like the it, government doesn't gone. believe that. Yeah. And, and so and I, it, there was a couple of times sad. where I would say to yeah. him, I say, look, man, I'm going to sound really jaded when I say this. And I apologize. And I said, I apologize for sounding so jaded, but I just got to lay it out the way I see it now. You know, and I just laid it all out. And, you know, and again, it, it, I, I, I try to do it in as much of a positive spin as possible. Yeah. And also to mention that, like, you know what, man, like, like, le- I, I said, learn how it works. Like, I, I, right. I even suggested to him, I'm like, you know, go be a, a page up in Tallahassee. Oh, Jesus. Like, but here's the thing. If there's a better way in your youth to learn that you don't need to go back up there, be a page in Tallahassee. Are you trying to get the kid raped? <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you, man? It's like sending him into the the, the bowels of hell. You know, that's a good point. Right in the the yeah. viper's den. Maybe I will have to call him back. Well, you know, I told it, him I meet with him again. Maybe I'll just I'll have to, I'll have to well, rephrase that one. Here's the thing: I probably shouldn't talk to children anymore. <laughs> I think I should be done with that because you know I think I think I would just be too far over the top. Anyway, that's the first hour. If you'd like to join us in the second hour, please go to patreon.com forward slash unattended baggage. Sign up, be a patron. You get a whole bunch of free swag, and you get to hear about all the wonderful things that we didn't get to this first hour. We'll see you on the other side. Thank you.